you do is dribble. I have to dribble. If I give it to you, you just shoot. You're a chucker. Oh, chucker. That's right. Every time you get the ball, you shoot. I can't believe you called me a chucker. No way I'm a chucker. I do not chuck. Never chuck. Never have chucked. Never will chuck. No chuck. You chuck? Kramer, am I a chucker? Oh, you're a chucker. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the Idaho Falls Chuckers, one of the most fun brands, one of the most fun social media presences out there uh, on the Twitterscape in particular. I'm talking right now to Chris Hall, who is the assistant general manager with the team. Chris, thanks for being here. No, it's truly an honor, Paul. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true, but I appreciate you saying that. Chris. Can you just just right off the bat here, I mean, what I like to talk about on this podcast is what minor league teams mean to their local community uh, and and in particular the brands that they have. So could you just explain sort of what a chucker is and why a baseball team in in Idaho Falls, Idaho would have that name? Yeah, you know, a chucker is a very small uh, game bird um, here throughout southeast Idaho. Um, And so, you know, when they were from what I understand, when my boss, Kevin Green, was working to rename the team because they were tired of, I think they were early 90s, they were the Gems, and then they became a Braves affiliate, so they switched to the Idaho Falls Braves, and then late 90s, they became a Padres affiliate, so they switched to the Padres, and then they were going to switch in 2006 to the Royals, and I think they were just tired of making fans mad, having to always buy new merchandise and stuff for a new team name. So I said, let's just create an identity that's uniquely ours. Um, and the story I've been told is they were just, you know, scrolling through animals native to Southeast Idaho um, and saw a chucker and kind of liked the play on words, like that, you know, it's kind of a, a funny name. And anybody that has seen a chucker, it's not an incredibly menacing animal or intimidating animal, but um, like the idea of, making a logo that tried to make a, a little chucker as, as terrifying as possible. Well, and so this logo that you have is created by Dan Simon uh, and he did create a kind of fierce looking bird. And in particular, he's uh, he's winding up throwing a baseball because of course the, the double entendre with the name chucker, you know, not just the bird, but the, you know, the, the act of chucking a, a baseball. So you do have this, this sort of fierce logo for this team that, it, you know, for this nickname that, that represents a bird that is maybe not that fierce. Do you ever get like birders who are like, wait a minute, you know, chuckers, chuckers would never have that menacing look on their face. No, not really. You know, we get every now and then through different States, I'll get a DM on Twitter that says, Hey, we're a local chucker hunting club here in Northern Utah. Can you, can you send us a, a fan pack or do anything like that? But no one that's no chucker hunters that have criticized the name thankfully so this is the 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 curse of the social media manager for minor league baseball team is the the constant presence of people asking for free stuff it's my favorite and least favorite thing in the world (laughs) i love i love one that they forget to edit out the other teams that they have have just been copying and pasting this to i love one that'll have in parentheses (laughs) team name (laughs) Um, I love people that say they love watching Chuckers games on ESPN. Uh, stuff that, those make my day, really, when I see them. 
<laughs> Chuckers games <laughs> on ESPN. I did stream some Chuckers games last year, uh, during especially during the the playoff run. I guess the Paddleheads ended up winning the Pioneer League championship last year, but uh, the Chuckers were involved till late. Is that right? Yeah, unfortunately, I made the drive to Missoula um, with my wife just to uh, watch the team go down like nine nothing in the first inning or something like that. It was just a miserable time to be there, but. Um, <laughs> That fortunately I sat next to some nice battlehead fans that were more too uh mean about it as mean as I would have been to them if it was the other way so uh, <laughs> so the obviously the pioneer league for people who follow minor league baseball the the pioneer league was was one of the leagues that is now an a major league baseball partner league but the teams themselves are are no longer affiliated with their their major league clubs has that change the nature of the rivalries between the teams or the the sort of is it more competitive now that the teams are creating their own rosters what's the what's the difference now after with a season under your belt as a as an unaffiliated partner league you know i think it it has made it a little bit more competitive because these managers have access to making changes that they want to make and you know the best players play the best players play every day when we were a rookie level affiliated team you know we'd have the royals say hey the second baseman i know he's struggling he's hitting like 140 this year but he needs to be get he needs to be starting twice a week and so you know as someone who manages the social media and is rooting for the team every day that can be frustrating um and so that's been a really great change but i think it's made it more competitive between teams on the field as well um as everybody's always trying to get better um a lot more close games which makes tensions high but between fans and stuff there's i mean the missoula idaho falls rivalry has always been there and the ogden idaho falls rivalry is always there in the crowd and somehow on the field i mean even when we were affiliated it's clockwork death taxes and a fight on the field between ogden and idaho falls every year this is this has become an absolute highlight of my sort of baseball fandom career, and I believe it was you personally, Chris, who reached out through the Idaho Falls Chuckers Twitter account, inviting me to throw a first pitch if I made it to Idaho Falls. And I have to tell you, I built a road trip around that offer. I I created a so I hope you tell I, I want you to share this with everyone else in the Pioneer League. I created a road trip that I took with my children over basically four and a half days to see four games in Montana and Idaho, because you reached out and said, Hey, if you make it to Idaho falls, you can throw a ceremonial first pitch. And sure enough, that became a, a highlight of my, my baseball fandom career was getting on day four of the four day road trip, getting to Idaho falls and getting to, to walk out there with, it was like me and a bunch of like little leaguers who were also throwing out some first pitches. So it was me and a bunch of 11 year olds going out there with our ceremonial first uh, pitch baseballs to throw to former major leaguer, Billy Butler, which was just a, a total charge. But uh, you know, that, that was something that was created through this sort of social media interaction that we have. So first of all, thank you for that, that amazing experience. I just want to, I want to isolate that moment and just say, thank you for creating that experience for me as a fan. No, it was great having you here. It's an offer I made to, to plenty of people that, you know, you do a great job promoting the Pioneer League, and it's an offer I'd make for anybody that does that. So 
I'd like to think that I was maybe one of like two or three people. I'd like to think maybe it was like me <laughs> and Tom Hanks and Matt Damon got that offer. And then that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the way your kids are going to tell the story forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you posted a photo of me throwing this first pitch and I didn't, I didn't have it well documented. And just recently you posted a photo of me throwing this first pitch and you made a comment about my calves, which I also owe you like five bucks for. So I appreciate it. Incredibly shredded in that picture. I'm scrolling through, I'm looking for stuff that we can use on our, on our pocket schedule and our magnet schedule. It's just this boring task. I just flipping through every picture our team photographer made. And then I'm like, Oh, there's Paul. Damn, look at Paul's calves. Uh, well, that is that's a crack up. But I mean, obviously, this is this speaks to your role as a social media manager here. You know, the minor league baseball landscape is cluttered, right at best, right? And it's yeah. why I do what I do, right? It's so much fun to sort of break down these sort of individual component parts of the minor league baseball landscape. You play in, you know, a state that doesn't necessarily have a lot of you know, drive through traffic. I'm in the mountain time zone with you here and, and, you know, even, even Colorado, which probably gets more tourism than Idaho, you know, it feels pretty far away to my friends on the coasts. Right. So, so you play in a, in a, you know, a sort of smaller league in a state that doesn't get a ton of travel. And the other thing is, you know, this logo that you have has been around since 2004, right? Like the, the chuggers have been around since 2004, which in minor league baseball is sort of an eternity. And it's not, wacky it's not outrageous it's just one word not two and it's an actual name of an actual bird and not some you know made up term for a chucker and so with all of these things sort of in your back pocket i wouldn't say working against you but 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 certainly part of you know the 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 hand that you've been dealt how do you take a team like the chuckers then and stand out in the social media landscape which i think you have right i mean i think you have people know the chuckers because of your social media presence yeah, you know, I, I consider myself very online, especially on Twitter. You know, I, I always joke in the office that I understand Twitter culture, and it's a completely different thing on Twitter than it is anywhere else in the world. Um, and, you know, when I was kind of handed the reins to the Chuckers social media, I kind of looked at the landscape, not only of the Pioneer League, but of minor league baseball. And I said what I really wanted to be was just the Pioneer League wrestling heel. I want to be the one that is just firing up every team. <laughs> and there's teams that don't particularly like team ownerships that don't particularly like that. I've gotten on multiple occasions, a text message that says, Hey, can you pull that down? I don't like that. You're making fun of our team. Oh yeah. And I've explained to people really in my heart of heart, what I hope happens is that some fan in Missoula says, I hate the Chuckers. I hate them. I, <laughs> I hate that they, they put our logo on a gravestone. I hate right. that they, you know, yeah. every time we lose a game, they're celebrating whether they won or lost. So that when we go to the Chuckers, I hope that people are piling into that stadium and yeah. they do it because they want to boo us because they don't like me. They don't like our players. And if that happens, I'm happy. I mean, honestly, I love the Pioneer League. It's not something I was, I wasn't a Pioneer League fan. I wasn't familiar with it before I started working here. Yeah. And it's, I think it's the most fun place in the world to work. And so I just found my niche of, I don't think there's a lot of people out here that are just trash talking everyone that will, you know, right. I write in first person, like it's me out mm-hmm. there. And if mm-hmm. someone says something that I don't like, I'll go on there and I'll say, I don't like this. I think you're dumb. And I, it works. I mean, it, the fan base is, has grown. I mean, from a business side, I mean, we do well on social media merchandise grows. We have people like 
yourself that when we do well, promote it to a, a wider audience of people that, like you said, maybe don't know we exist because we haven't done a rebrand or we're not, you know, a wacky name that pops up on every TikTok or something like that. Right. So, you know, I just kind of had to find my niche and it's very, I guess, uh, the podcast I'm on, it's by design, uh, what I do on there. And, you know, I'm not the most graphically inclined person. <laughs> I, I use Snapchat that I'll go and I'll draw Chuckers logo on people's hats and right, stuff. I, right. It's something that takes me two seconds and I, I just have a lot of fun doing it. It's my favorite part of my job. Well, and I'm sure you know that my avatar for a long time, I had a, a baseball who was wearing a helmet Sunday, just a photo. And you had put out, send, send me your, your Twitter avatar and we'll improve it. And you just put Idaho Falls Chuckers logos on everybody's, you know, avatar. And yeah, so giant for, for a long time, I had a, a Chuckers logo in my avatar in part because I knew I was going to get to throw a first pitch there, but in part because it was a sort of fun thing that you guys did and, and, um, you know, I'm a fan of Dan Simon's work. So uh, that was my avatar until Dan Simon created a logo for my podcast. So it was, and I, yeah. yeah, I didn't take that one too personally. <laughs> I have to say that some of my, my my favorite fight that you pick through the Chuckers account is with the Grand Junction Rockies and their their logo that's meant to be a Mesa, but looks just like a Pizza Hut instead. When, when you pick on the Rockies for their for their generic logo and being named for a parent club that is not their parent club anymore is just that that's my favorite thing. And I'm not going to ask you, Chris, to comment on that, because I know that that's coming from the Idaho Falls checkers. But that's that's some that's some of your best trolling, I have to say. Yeah, you know, especially that's when the, you know, the Rocky Mountain vibes and I like to tag team on. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the vibes are owned by the same ownership group that owns the Chuckers. And so there's, there's a lot of co, you know, working together that happens there that, you know, we'll fight between ourselves, but when it's time to gang up on Grand Junction, that's something that I think we really enjoy. That's perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, so you mentioned the, the vibes and we're talking about the Grand Junction Rockies. And now, just about a half hour away from me, we have the Northern Colorado Owls with a Z coming. So the Pioneer League is sort of working. And that, by the way, is their official name in my head, is the Northern Colorado Owls with a Z. So, here, in the, here in the office, we just say Owls. Owls. We go hard on the Z. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm looking forward to having the, the Pioneer League here locally. I mean, that's gonna that's the local league here in, in Northern Colorado. So it's, uh, you know, for me, it's it's starting to hit even it hit home even more last year when we did our road trip with our kids it took us seven hours to get the billings and then we did missoula and then great falls and then down to idaho falls and then we went um whitewater rafting on the way home in wyoming so it was a great trip it was actually a great trip so and my my daughter's actually looking at uh, colleges right now today in fact she's in uh spokane you know i i was like hey that's only three hours from missoula we could go catch some pioneer league baseball so <laughs> so but anyway it's uh, you know the pioneer league i think is has been really fun to follow and for me to get to know and i'm going to get to know it more closely because you know the league was formerly affiliated there are some some sort of remnants of you know of of the affiliation with with minor league baseball one of which was you all participated in the copa de la diversion program and i am wearing as we talk right now my my lime green madres dad hat can you tell me just sort of what the uh, the significance is of the the madres copa brand yeah so um 
first off, it was something that when we were approached by minor league baseball about joining COPA, uh, we were excited to do it. Um, Idaho Falls has a fairly substantial Hispanic population here. And that's something we really wanted to kind of take an offer to reach out to them. And then second was we wanted to really kind of push our comfort zones and do something that wasn't something we had seen in COPA before. Um, you know, we, we threw around your food ideas and your, you know, folklore ideas. And then one thing we just kept coming back with too was I don't think there's been a men's league team that has had a female mascot and a female logo before. And the more we kind of talked about it, it felt like something that was important to us to, to do. We wanted to be the first one. And we, we didn't know at the time that Colorado Springs, who were in our same ownership group, were also working on producing a female name and a female logo um, for their Copa brand. And then, you know, we started thinking, okay, what can we do? What can we do? And then we were only the Idaho Falls Padres for four years. We were the Idaho Falls Padres for four years. And it's something that we've had fans constantly come up to us and say, when are you going to do a, a Padres throwback night? When are you going to have Padres throwback gear? And so we just kind of started playing around with the idea of, well, what if as an homage to the Idaho Falls Padres, we became the Idaho Falls Madres for Copa. And we really liked it. We worked with MILB to help us design a logo that we were really happy with, kind of a Day of the Dead inspired logo. Um, and then the cool thing that was always the plan with new era that unfortunately the pandemic kind of ruined our chance to do it it was going to be an homage to the casper ghost and we were going to have the first glow in the dark minor league baseball hat uh, since the casper ghost went away and unfortunately that was a plan that went by the wayside with uh, the pandemic well you know from following me on Twitter that I'm a huge fan of the Casper Ghosts there. So it's a, that that I'd love to see, you know, any any homage out there to to that. Yeah, that's I mean, it's a great it's a great cap. I, I ended up getting it. I, I got a T-shirt, the store. By the time I got to the store, it was I mean, this is a good thing, not a bad thing. It was pretty well picked over by the time I got there. So I got myself a, a pennant, which is hanging uh, under the, the Helmet Sunday collection out here. I got a 2019 Idaho Falls Chuckers uh, Pioneer League Championship T-shirt, and then of Classic. course I, I got a oh, right, right, and I got this Madres cap, which I wore when I threw the first pitch out there. So that was a uh, you know, was, I sort of I sort of picked through what was left, and I was glad to come up with the lime green Madres hat. I'm still waiting. I you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll hop back on your website and look for like a maroon dad hat with the you know the Chuckers logo, the you know throwing the throwing the pitch there. So I I'm happy to say I think that give it a month and refresh the site. And I think it'll be on there. Well, I have a sense too, that you might tag a few of us in uh, in a post yeah. when that happens too. I, I have a sense we're going to know about that when it, when it does yeah, finally I, happen. So I'm not good at keeping secrets. No. <laughs> well, why would you, it's not your job. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. I'm very excited to get to see some pioneer league ball uh, this, this summer in person again for the second year in a row. Will you travel with the team? Will you be here in Northern Colorado? You know, we don't play the Northern Colorado Owls this year. We, uh, it is the only team in the Pioneer League that we do not play at home or on the road. So, wow. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be making a trip to Northern Colorado this year. I think the only uh, thing that I have scheduled with my wife to go see the Chuckers on the road is 
um, going up to Glacier National Park and seeing um, the new team up there this year. Uh, yeah. I'm sure next year if we're in Northern Colorado, uh, I love taking a trip just to see every park at least once. And yeah, you know, you'll just have to do me a favor and root against the paddleheads if you can't root against the, if you can't root for the chuckers. That's uh yeah, I can, you know, I can help you out with that. Absolutely. That's, yeah. you know, I, I can be bought easily and you guys, yeah. you know, you guys had me throw the first pitch. So you're my pioneer league team here. So yeah. <laughs> consider me bought that range riders brand up in uh, Glacier national park there in Kalispell is uh, that's a, that's a, another one, another fun one. You guys are, are growing. And then you have your cross state or yeah, your cross state rival with the Boise Hawks who used to be in the Northwest league. And they're now part of the pioneer league as well. And so the, the league is growing and these rivalries are fun. And I loved my road trip seeing the four teams last year. Oh, I, you know what I was, I was sounding like I was wrapping up and I had one more question for you. I have to say, I am a huge, huge fan of the pioneer leagues method of determining of breaking a tie after nine innings with the home run contest. How's that been received uh, with the fans? Um, everyone that hasn't been a part of one, I think hates it. Uh, and here in the community, we have people all the time. Oh, I hope I never see one. You guys are ruining baseball. And every single person that's been here when we've had one. And the good news is we've never lost one. So I'm sure that helps. Yeah. Uh, leaves the ballpark pulling us aside and saying that was so much fun that was that was amazing and nobody i've been a part of 18 inning pioneer league games before it's terrible you leave <laughs> it you're leaving the ballpark at 12 30 at night and yeah. there were six people that decided to stay for it um you know this last year i think the knockout round went great um we've worked out some kinks i think it's going to be even faster even better this year um work a little smoother than it did last year and we're we're really excited about showing it off this year well i hope i get to see one at an owls with a z game i'm just yeah it's a i'm, I'm a huge fan of the pioneer league and, and of what you're doing uh specifically with the with the chuckers and i know that i'll get to another chuckers game so i'll look forward to seeing you there if i don't get to see you in colorado at a game perfect Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you coming on with me. Yeah, thanks, Paul. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm very pleased now to be joined by Henry Hunter, who is the executive vice president for the Pioneer League. And I had the pleasure of meeting Henry in person, sort of by accident, at a Great Falls Voyagers game last summer when I was on a, a road trip with my children and Henry was on a, a road trip with, with his family. And for whatever reason, we just struck up a conversation, and it, it turns out that Henry is the executive vice president for the Pioneer League, and so uh, that was a sort of fortuitous opportunity to bump into you. So, Henry, thanks for uh, all these months later hopping on the podcast. My pleasure, Paul. Happy to be with you again. The 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 Pioneer League is is just such a blast, right? Like it's so much it's so much fun. I had a great time on the that road trip with with my kids. I saw. Let's see. In this order, we drove from Fort Collins to Billings, and then Billings to Missoula. Missoula to Great Falls, and that's where I met you. And then after Great Falls, down to Idaho Falls, which was, you know, so you met me about 24 hours before a seminal moment in my life, which was the the first pitch that I got to throw at an Idaho Falls Chuckers game. So I got to throw a ceremonial first pitch that they they put together. Did it bounce? <laughs> no, I actually, I actually, I got it there in the air, you know, to 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 Billy Butler catching. So that was a uh, that was really fun. You and I were both East Coasters originally. You grew up in Northern Florida. I grew up outside of Philadelphia. 
I, of course, had no idea what a chucker was when I got to Idaho Falls, or I guess before I learned about the team. As executive vice president, you visited all of the existing stadiums in the league. Did you know what a chucker was before you got there? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I asked Kevin Green, who was generous in saying it was basically a partridge. Um, it's a fat little bird, I believe you called it once. Uh, and, and you know, it, it, it's been fun. I think a couple of other teams, I know the Rocky Mountain Vibes had a girl on her staff that was doing these little promotional raps. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that rhyme with Chucker. So it's been fun. <laughs> uh, we haven't discussed that yet on the podcast here. Let's make a list of words that uh, that rhyme with Chucker. So that's, I mean, it's obviously one of the fun brands. But you, in, in terms of the, the Pioneer League in general, obviously the league's gone through a lot of changes. It was uh, an affiliated short season class A league before the Major League Baseball Vogon Destructor Fleet came through and reorganized minor league baseball. Now you all are a, a partner league and you came on the, with the league right around the time that they switched to the, uh, to the partner league status. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know, it's interesting. Uh, some folks like to say that we've been relegated and in my mind, we've been liberated. I think that being an independent partner league is a sweet spot. We still have a healthy relationship with MLB we put a couple dozen guys into MLB affiliated minor league systems, but at the same time, we've had the freedom to innovate and, and we've taken that and run with it in, in lots of fun and creative ways at, at the team and league level. Well, and so one of these innovations, and I, I think that's absolutely true, right? Like that the independent leagues uh, or the partner leagues, you know, the ones that are not affiliated certainly have a, a certain amount of freedom to, to do different things. One of the things that you all have done is what you call the knockout round. And I'm dying to see a knockout round game here because, you know, I've never seen anything like it. It's a really, I think, interesting way to end a baseball game, but it's essentially a home run hitting contest that has the, the baseball purists sort of up in arms. I love it. I didn't get to see a knockout round on my road trip. I'm hoping that this coming summer that I'll get to see uh, a knockout round at a Northern Colorado Owls game because they're right around the corner from me. But can you talk about the effect that the knockout round has had uh, on the league? Absolutely. Um, you know, it was it was mostly positive uh, reactions. There were baseball purists and, and you know journalists like yourselves who didn't like it initially, and then we had one. And all of the players loved it. All of the managers loved it. It became a really exciting way to end a game. And, you know, in minor league baseball, the – 10th, 11th, 12th innings aren't exactly the, the best business. You know, the last call has already happened. People's children are already tired and ready to go to bed. You're burning out pitchers' arms. You're losing baseballs over the fence. So we said, how do we turn this from a loss to a big win? Um, you know, it was interesting. At one point, we were talking about, you know, doing the regular cameras, and we ended up having different interns go down there with their handheld cell phones and be part of the kind of pileup after the walk-off, and it was really cool stuff. We decided to let the PA announcers turn on the music and go down there and make it a real home run derby type vibe. Uh, and, and we've gotten nothing but good feedback from it, uh, so much so that you may have noticed that the MLB All-Star game this year will be a knockout round if it's in a tie. So I think that, what do you say, imitation and flattery? Absolutely. Uh, I, and now I'm going to be, uh, you know, I root for the National League because I'm a Phillies fan. I always root for the National League in the All-Star game. But even if the National League's ahead, I might have to root for a uh, root for a, a game to end in a tie so that I can see that knockout round. So that's. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you a little tweak we did too this year. Um, you know, previously it was five swings, and and so it was almost like a penalty shootout where it was best out of five. Yeah. And we realized that you know each team was kind of getting their knockout king, as I've been calling them, and everybody had their kind of big hitter that became their go-to guy for knockout rounds. And we said, why stop these guys if they get hot? So this year it's going to be a two-minute time period. You get five outs still. 
But if you hit 50 home runs, nobody's going to tell you to stop, you know, wowing the crowd and, and showing off your bat. So we're excited about, you know, the little tweak that should uh, open up a little more excitement at the end of the game. Well, like I said, I, I'm going to try to get to as many owls, owls with a Z uh, games as I can this year and, and uh, hope that I get to see one. Speaking of the Northern Colorado owls with a Z, the Pioneer League has changed uh, a little bit in, in recent years, not just to switch to the Partner League, but last year you added the, the Boise Hawks. They were uh, formerly with the Northwest League. And then this year, you've uh, so the, the Orem Owls took a, a year off, and they're going to be playing right around the corner from me in, in Windsor, Colorado, as the Northern Colorado Owls with a Z. And then there's a brand new team in Kalispell, Montana, called the Glacier Range Riders, who have sort of a cool National Park Service feeling about them. And I'm certainly going to do an episode on them at some point. But the the league, the league has has grown from from eight teams to to ten teams now as a partner league. Obviously, as a partner league, st- things seem to be going okay. The league's doing well if it's growing like that. Absolutely. Uh, last year, despite COVID and all of the uh, you know difficulties that came with having had a year off, we set an attendance record. Um, we had a really good fan reaction to all of our innovations. We rebranded the league, as you saw with our new logo from the league. And like you said, we're growing and we're not done growing. Um, we got two really exciting, beautiful ballpark projects coming on that not only will be awesome for the fans in Fort Collins and, and Glacier and, and Kalispell, but they're also awesome for the stuff I'm working on because it gives us a chance to enhance the technology in the ballparks, enhance, you know, we're going to do some cool stuff with new camera angles and, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, having brand new, you know, high tech facilities will, will definitely be a cool asset. Oh, well, I will certainly look forward to hearing more about that. That sounds very cool. And as you know, officially a fan of the Pioneer League, uh, I did notice when the when the league rebranded, they have a the league has a new brand. It was created by North Carolina based design firm called Project 13. And, you know, it's definitely a, a much more contemporary look than the old brand was. And it coincided with the league switching over to this partner league. So the, the new teams, the new brand, can you talk about what the sort of thinking was in, in rebranding the official logo of the league? Yeah. So the new brand is, is, is supposed to be younger. It's supposed to be cooler. It's supposed to uh, speak to the history of the league with sort of a traditional P, but the, um, you know, the overall vibe is modern. It's tech first. It, you know, it looks great in an Instagram or a Facebook profile. Um, and you know, we're also adding a new logo to the knockout round and branding that as its own thing. That was also done by Richard Norris and project 13, whose work we love, obviously. Um, and similarly, we're going to, uh, we've, we've done a full digital transformation of all of our fan facing assets. So we, we're going to redo the websites. Uh, we have redone the websites, um, and, and we're launching an app, which we'll talk about more soon. Um, but yeah, the idea was that we wanted to modernize the league, modernize the way we speak to our fans, modernize the way we present our games, and and the logo represents all of it. Awesome. Well, and we're going to talk about the league sort of as you know o- over the course of this podcast. As I as I feature Pioneer League teams, you've agreed to come on. I appreciate that uh, we'll get to have these conversations going forward. Yeah. So, like you said, next time I have you on, uh, I'm, I'm covering the Missoula Paddleheads and. Uh, I know that there's some innovations in the league and we'll talk about that uh, next time. So Henry, uh, I, the Pioneer League and the Idaho Falls Chuckers are, are easily discoverable online, but where can people follow you online? Uh, I am on Instagram with a, a burgeoning account, uh, pbl.vp, that I am uh, excited to have some interns help me flesh out. Uh, <laughs> and, and of course, the league itself is on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have a TikTok now because like I said, we're uh, 
taking on younger younger minds and using their great ideas to reach a younger audience. Um, so we're everywhere. We're on all social media platforms, but you can also find us on the pblnetwork.com, which we've completely revamped. And uh, I'll tease that more later, but it's going to be unrecognizable to the streaming platform we had last year, both in terms of the production, the original content, uh, the accessibility of it. And we're really excited about uh, some cool developments in that space. Awesome. Well, I definitely look forward to talking to you more about that. And Henry, thanks for thanks for coming on this this first time. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. My pleasure, Paul. Looking forward to seeing you regularly. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm really very pleased right now to be talking to a very important person in Arkansas State Parks. Shay Lewis is the director of Arkansas State Parks. And Shay and I go way back. Shay is a, a Yankee fan. Shay has, has been involved with the association that I work for for many, many years. One of the first people I, I met here in my 20-year career here at this association. But more importantly, we're fellow baseball fans. And Shay is a Yankees fan taunted me mercilessly after his Yankees beat my Phillies in the uh, 2009 World Series. And now it's been, you know, like a decade for either of us since we've, you know, played meaningful October baseball. Although the Phillies haven't made the playoffs at all in, in a decade. First of all, Shay, thank you for being here. Sure. Thank you. Glad to be here. And the other thing thank you for is the time that Cliff Lee, who was an Arkansas native, visited one of your state parks and you knew that that was coming and you bought a, uh, a powder blue retro style Phillies t-shirt and you had Cliff Lee sign that for me. I still have it on my shelf at my house here, proudly displayed Cliff Lee's autograph representative of the last time the Phillies were relevant in major league baseball. So, yeah, uh, that's right. And yeah, Cliff Lee had a major um, uh, league career that was uh, fantastic and impacted uh, multiple teams. Uh, we even got to see him pitch. You remember at Wrigley field? We uh, did. He, he pitched for us uh, during that game or a game that we attended. And so, uh, uh, which is pretty cool. He's from Arkansas originally from Benton and uh, uh, just a, a local uh, sports celebrity. Yeah. He, well, that was great. Right. And he, I, you know, he pitched at the, the first game that I ever saw in Wrigley was with you when our families went on a trip together to, uh, to Wrigley and we had to find a way to sneak away to a ball game there. And, the the Phillies were playing and I remember like there was a sign outside uh saying you know Harry Carey's bar there saying something about the champs are here but we want to win or you know some I was like the Phillies are champs like amazing they did win that game and we also got to see Ryan Howard hit a monstrous opposite field home run I think they won like six to one or six to three you got better memory than me on that so well these things you know tend to stick in my memory here so (laughs) it's uh but uh, I remember that was the day after a fan in center field dumped a uh, beer on Shane Victorino's head while he was trying to catch a fly ball. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So anyhow, but we're not here to talk about the Phillies or the Cubs or your Yankees. We're here to talk about the Idaho Falls Chuckers. And the reason you're the perfect person to have on, uh, on this podcast right now, not only are you the director of Arkansas State Parks, but you in your career worked at Idaho State Parks and also you're a birder. And I didn't know what a birder was until I started this, this day job of mine that I've had for 20 years. But I remember at one of the first conferences that we were at together, you invited me to, to go birding. And I was just like, that sounds interesting. What's that? And you said, well, we get up at four in the morning and we go out in the dark and the cold and we like bundle up and sit in a field with binoculars and we check birds off our list when we see them. And I was like, no, that sounds terrible. 
uh, but I'll see you at breakfast like five hours later. So I appreciated the invitation. I appreciate that we became friends in spite of the fact that birding was not really my thing. But, you know, birding and, and baseball, sort of, you know, the, the whole life list act aspect of birding, uh, I think, relates to baseball fandom. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, birding is, is a, uh, I consider it a sport. It isn't is a sport that because there is scorekeeping to it. And, and so that's an important aspect of it for me is that keeping up with the number of birds that you've seen, whether that's in different states or across the United States, different countries or wherever you travel, you can you can enjoy the birds that are there. And so and there is sort of friendly competition amongst other birders about what they've seen and, and what they what they do. But in the sports world, of course, you see you know, famous birds as mascots uh, across the, and for me as a birder, if I don't have a specific team that I'm pulling for, uh, then, then I default to the bird name teams that are playing. And so, so, you know, if, if let's say the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, yeah, you know, not necessarily a, a team I would necessarily pull for, but if they're there, I would pull for them because they're the Eagles, especially if they were playing someone like, the Patriots. I don't even know if that would could happen because of the two divisions, but um, well, not only but, can it happen, but it did happen in Super Bowl Fifty Two okay. when Nick Foles heroically defeated the evil Tom Brady. Okay, so that's that's my default is I always pull for the birds, and then and then I get even more specific if you know if there's generic bird names versus something a bird that's more accurate or specific to that, then I would definitely pull for those. So a team like the Idaho Falls Chuckers, yeah. I would definitely pull for them because they have a very specific species that they are uh, promoting uh, as their mascot. Well, so tell me about it. What's a, what you, as a bird expert, what's a, what's a chucker? So a chucker, you know, the way I w- would describe it is as a tiny turkey. You know, they are short, um, husky type bird. Uh, if you could imagine like a robin that uh, a robin's a pretty common bird that you can see throughout the United States. Everybody knows what a robin is, but imagine one that is kind of uh, on the the huskier side of things, and is is how I would describe uh, the size and shape uh, of of a chucker. So uh, one that's had a really, really, really expansive diet of buffets for some some amount of time, and and so it's how I would describe a chucker. They're primarily on the ground. Uh, they kind of fall in the family of birds, um, you know, such as uh, turkeys, pheasants, um, um, quail, partridges uh, in that group, primarily eat seeds uh, and found specific to kind of the, the Rockies uh, into the northwest part of the United States. So it's not a bird that you'll see uh, elsewhere throughout the United States. That's, so it's, you know, I, I, I appreciate the terminology you're using here. You're not trying to body shame the, the, the chucker for being like a, essentially like a fat little bird here. Right. But no. what position do you think a, a chucker would play on the ball field? Well, I mean, immediately you have to, you know, the chucker name comes from the call that it makes. So that's where it originates from. It's kind of a, you're going to, trying to get me to to make a replica of the call here i can see where this is going but i can wait all day kind of kind of something like that is the chucker it's kind of more like a chucker, 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 kind of like that uh call is where its name comes from so 
but you couldn't, you know, you couldn't talk about baseball and you couldn't talk about a mascot bird without thinking a chucker is something that is, is thrown, you know, yeah. or someone who throws, yeah. who chucks the ball. And so, uh, you know, it kind of makes, uh, makes sense that, and, you know, if you look at some of the logos, you see that that's kind of depicted in some of the logos is, you know, the bird kind of with, with the feathers and the wing uh, throwing the ball. Absolutely. So you say, so you think he's going to be a pitcher? I would, I would say a pitcher for sure. For, okay. Or or maybe, maybe that uh, left or right fielder too is another option. So okay. Throwing, yeah. you know, throwing into home from left or right field. So, okay. But a Husky pitcher, like uh, sort of Joe Blanton style. Joe Blanton or uh, even uh, the early days of CC Sabathia. So, right, right, right. Or yeah. like, go like, like a Fernando Valenzuela, maybe like a way back. Yeah. Okay. So, so the That's Husky. Right a pitcher of the Husky variety. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, you know, um, the, the other thing about the Chuckers too, I think that's just kind of unique and sort of good or a good connection to Idaho is the elevation. You know, uh, typically you don't find these birds unless they're like, you know, 3,500 foot above sea level or 4,000 feet, kind of higher elevation. Um, but they're also very evasive. Uh, you, they're not always easy to find. Uh, when you find them, they're often in large groups. So you'll see large, um, when you talk about quails, you, you say they're in a covey. I'm not sure if that applies to chuckers in exact the same way, but you see a large covey of them uh, in groups. But what's really amazing is if you try to pursue, pursue them for a photo or something like that, they're highly evasive and they can run away and scatter very quickly and disappear into the environment. And they tend to go uphill. So, so if you're chasing chuckers, you have to remember that is like, if you're in the high country, high desert, you know, scrub, uh, timber, sagebrush, things like that, is that if you're trying to follow them and, and, and get a better look at them, they're going to go up. That tends to be their tendency. All right. Well, so the last question I have for you about this is the the other Idaho team in the Pioneer League is the Boise Hawks. From a purely mascot perspective, I think I know where this answer is going to go, but I want you're the expert, so I want to ask you here: if it's Hawks versus Chuckers, who are you going with? <laughs> you know, the Hawks is there are lots of varieties of hawks out there, so I'd, I'd have to pull for the Chuckers just because they're so bird specific. Uh, when I lived and worked in Idaho, we lived not too awfully far from uh, from Idaho Idaho Falls, and and drove through there many times. Visited the town, and uh, especially on our way to Yellowstone and in that part of the state. So uh, I would definitely pull for them. And uh, you know, there's some other um, uh, mascots out there like the Seahawks, which is kind of a you know uh, more of a generic type title uh, as well. So I tend to pull for the more more specific ones. Plus. Uh, I just like their logo as well. So one of the things I didn't mention in the intro is that you have co-authored a book on on graphic design in the field of heritage interpretation, and so you know, you know, good design when you see it. So obviously, yeah, this is a uh, a great logo created by a talented designer. So yes, um, and I'm I'm glad you even brought this to my attention. I was unaware of this team and the logo, uh, so I'm definitely going to be ordering some. Uh, some gear very soon to to support that team and and uh, the bird species uh, mascots out there. So you're doing God's work here, Shay. That's uh, that's great news. That's uh, I actually I should tell you I threw out a first pitch at an Idaho Falls Chuckers game uh, last summer on a road trip with the kids. So it's wow. uh, 
my Very one nice. and only first pitch experience ever. So that's, <laughs> I, I, nice. I support you supporting this team and <laughs> I'm glad to have brought them to your attention here. So Shay, where can people find uh, you and or Arkansas State Parks online? Sure. You can visit our website at any time, ArkansasStateParks.com. Um, you can always reach out to me uh, through email at shay.lewis at arkansas.gov uh, at any point in time. So, but I, I appreciate being part of this discussion. Well, I can't wait to catch up with you in Little Rock at a Travelers game, and uh, we'll, we'll record another episode there, but we'll do it in person over some ice cream helmets. Sounds good. Thank you, Shay.